Hi, and welcome to the Still Telling It Like It Is program. I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, and I am excited. I am in a hurry to get started, so I want to tell you, push the little button, let your friends, family, enemies, whoever it is, you know, let all of them religious people with them demons, you know, let them know that we're on, and I'm on with Apostle Barry Cook, and we're here to provoke you to think about how you've been thinking Maybe the way that you've been thinking about the word of God has not been correct, but we're still here telling it like it is, like the word of God says. And without any further talk from me, I'm going to bring my uh, friend, my guest on, Apostle Barry Cook. Come on, Barry. <laughs> Thank you again, Dr. Patriot Baker. Put <laughs> your hat on there, her bling hat. Um, it's great to be on this subject again. My hopes are that I can culminate this 1 Corinthians 14 text. Today, we dealt with Timothy last time before that, when we started in Genesis and have moved through the Bible, speaking of women and their, their part in ministry, their role from the beginning of times all the way up until now, and what the scripture makes plain versus what man tries to say. And, um, and and so we talk about that. Last time I kind of was finishing on verse 34 or starting on verse 34 because I want to get to another point. And I had told Dr. Baker, you guys out there listening, that I really wanted to take my time on these, these subject and these scriptures, especially the hard ones, that people feel like subdue women. And it's, it's again, it's uh, just happens to be one of the subjects uh, that I really, I don't know how you guys look stuff up, but when there are things that I wrestle with and, but yet I read contrary stuff, then I start making notebooks full of thoughts until I get a firm grasp on what I think about it what I think I'm hearing on both sides, what I think the value is and what things that still don't line up. You know, like when I study on people that preach a lot of, well, anyway, let's stay with the subject. <laughs> you know, I always get all those little bunny trails because they're issues and people make issues out of things that aren't issues. People bring focus on things that we don't even know everything about. And it takes our attention off of what we should be focusing on. You know, well, this is the end time. Well, this is the end. Well, this is the end. Well, now this means that. Okay, how does that change anything with your life? I mean, if you don't have a devotional life, then, you know, and that's not helping you to get one, then nothing is. You pro Who knows what will happen with you? No, I'm just joking. But I'm just saying because you'd, you'd think something would. It's like I always say, people that say any minute, that means, you know, he's. The, I'm like, I'm thinking, well, then why are you living the same way? How come you ain't sold your stuff? How come you're not out there on the streets? How come you, you don't, you don't believe that mess? You talking, anyway, that's what I'm saying. And we ended up giving all our time to this kind of stuff because it tickles us. Like so much of the stuff in the political things. I mean, I think if we just stayed sound and solid, you know, voted closest to scriptures as we could and our convictions were, and then stayed about the gospel. But, you know, a lot of preachers, that's how they, they get rich as becoming the um, the Christian politician, you know, whatever, per, you know, whatever, just another newscaster looking for a, anyway, sorry. Um, 
so <laughs> but that in verse 34, I say this because again, it comes back to the same way women are viewed. Women are viewed in this in this aspect. We have a myopic and small view of what we think women are allowed to do or allowed to be scripturally, which is not what the scripture teaches from the very beginning of Genesis all the way up till now. We've gone through text. We've looked at text. We've rehearsed things. We've seen from history. This isn't the case. Uh, so I guarantee you, even after this, the, all of these, someone would listen and say, I still don't believe it. Okay, that's, that's your prerogative to do that. But I think that the message that Christ was trying to say was, you were free. You know, yes, you are female. Yes, you are male. Yes, you're created to do certain things. And, um, you know, whether they can make men give birth to babies or not, I mean, it's not the way it was created. That's, you know, okay, so you can make that happen. That still doesn't make a woman not a woman. And a woman is clearly a woman. She doesn't have to be modified to do that. She doesn't have all of that. Come on. Like, would we stupid? And then you're going to say it's science? Just call it what it is. It's your religious belief, you know? And my thing is, if you get to speak yours, I get to speak mine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, if I got to watch what I'm, you offending me right now by pushing that on me, that offends me. So I need you to apologize. Then I'll play Karen, church Karen with them. <laughs> you know, you're offending me. You need to quit it. You need to quit it now. <laughs> apologize to me now. <laughs> Jesus is mad at you. No, I'm joking. He's not. Uh, it doesn't say in the scripture, it says, but they are commanded to be under obedience, but also saith the law. And again, this was, as the scholars were saying, as I'm reading, he's being sarcastic when he's saying this. He's, he's making a sarcastic comment like, okay, yeah, well, I'll be back under the law again. And, and, and that's because of the surrounding text that we've already talked about. And so it does not say the law commands silence. <laughs> Here's another point. But to be under obedience, and that's something we all agree on. There's not one verse from Genesis to Malachi where the law of Moses said that women were to be silent. Not one law. So why do men quote that with such fortitude? Well, ignorance will do that. Ego will do that. But, you know, that's not what understanding and wisdom gives us. The present phrase has been the cause of so much controversy. There are two views presented here concerning the interpretation of this verse. And I know I said I'm breaking it down, this kind of stuff I usually do in the classroom. So you're right. You know, a lot of people are like, what, what, what? Just because I'm not saying you're great. You're wonderful. It's going to be good. It's turning around. Oh my God, your right leg's growing. Oh, praise God. You know, slap your neighbor. It's glory. You know, you're great. You're wonderful. Okay. And this is the rest of the story. This is stuff you have to live with on a daily basis. Some expositors believe that Paul's quoting back to them their own question that he's quoting some of the words of the Judaizers, this is where the sarcasm thing, from the oral law in the Talmud. Now, there's a guy named John A. Anderson, and he wrote, um, he, he had this document published where he wrote a chief rabbi in England, you know, years ago, and he asked them if these two verses were direct quotes out of the Talmud, which the rabbi replied that the passages were not literal reproductions, uh, from the Talmud, and that, and of course, he confirmed that 
the Talmud doesn't make a law that says you have to be silent. That's nowhere written. Women were never told that. They just had to follow a, a, a um, an order, a protocol, a protocol, which everybody did. It wasn't just the women. That would just they had to follow the same protocol. Everybody had to follow in order to be able to do something, you know, or speak in a in an audience or speak in a senate. They would let women speak up even from the community, but they had to go see, they had to give their cause, they had to get a, just like we would if we had to do it. I mean, anyway, today even. But it's possible that Paul also was quoting what the Judaizers were trying to say. So again, he's, he's almost being sarcastic with it, but he's reproving them by saying that the word of God came to them and not from uh, them. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, 36 through 40, and that he himself was giving the commandment of the Lord. So he's he's jumping in, trying to give a difference. He's trying to explain to them where it really came from. And then the last thing is, some expositors follow the second view. And, and this is this is different also, because these are the two views of this text. While the, while the context of the scripture concerning the role of women in the home and the church. So women as here, are referring to married women. So that's another thing about this particular text. He's addressing a particular group. It's not even a general group he's he's referring to. He's being very specific to addressing the women and your own husbands, you know, and being obedient to your husband. Um, is is as far as when he's trying to hush you, don't make somebody else's husband have to hush you. Well, you're gonna argue back with him. What you don't have a right to say nothing to me. You need honey, beat him up, you know, pull a Will Smith on him, you know, whatever. You know, it's time to go Will Smith, honey. You know, <laughs> you know. But Paul's epistles tell the wife to obey her husband in the Lord. But the point was was her own husband. And then and, and not another person's. And it says in the Lord. That means if he's be anyway, not a not a donkey, a jack donkey. But <laughs> if he's being, it's not saying he said in the Lord. There's a difference even in that. And, and, and that's a whole nother subject. So when we get into this, but uh, you know, some authorities refer to Genesis three sixteen according to Adam's rule over his wife in, in, in as as the law. But that's not. There's no, no, nothing to back that up. So basically, in light of this Corinthian problem, it's scripturally correct to say that wives, certain wives that were getting to come into the church in the, in the meetings that weren't able to use to, they were being disrupted. Uh, they were asking questions. They were chattering. And then he also addressed the ones that didn't have husbands in the Lord. And he used the term differently and said, that, that that who is covering you? Who's your authority over you? Whoever that is, go to them and ask them. And that was, a, as you know, we talked about, that was a gender neutral. So he's saying, whether it's a sister in the Lord that's discipling you or a brother, this, whatever it is, go to them and ask those questions. And then you other group, and he's, he's all, see, the reason he said it like that is he's jabbing the men again for not taking responsibility because other men were having were turning around and saying, I can't hear. 
because you shut her up. I can't, you know, however they did it back then. What do I want? You know, whatever they did. It lighted the Corinthian problem, though. It was an issue. And and they were chatting and talking to ask at home. The Jews and the Gentiles didn't worship together until they saw the cross have broken down that dividing wall. So this wasn't common practice. It It's why we don't do it today, because Jesus broke down that middle wall. They did not worship together as one until they saw they were in Christ, neither male nor female. Ephesians 2, Galatians 3. The Judaizers tried to bring the Gentiles under bondage of the law as well as the Talmudic laws. Listen, there's Judaizers out there today trying to bring the church under law. You know, and then there's there's people there's there's people out there uh, greasy gracedizers <laughs> that are just trying to bring tell everybody it doesn't matter what you do in the body and like that that's not new that's gnosticism it does matter because the Bible says we give account of the deeds done in our body. I mean that's a great thought, but that's not what the scripture te- teaches. Again, I mean that'd be nice if it wasn't. So all sins are forgiven. I agreed. So repent while there's time. Hallelujah. Get it covered. The Judaizers tried to bring the Gentiles under the bondage. The Jewish synagogue, the pulpit, the pulpit was in the middle, and the man gathered around. I understand the pulpit was in the middle of the floor. You know, if y'all can understand, that's how it worked then. Because of sound and everything else, they put the pulpit in the middle. I preached in churches, a few churches like that, that had a pulpit in the middle, and you kind of, you know, face the group and you turned around. It's a little awkward. It needs to be a front and the back somehow, you know, <laughs> just just for various reasons. But anyway, <laughs> what's that? It's kind of like our Senate floor or one of those floors. You know, it's in the middle, and 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 there's this thing around, or like. Um, um yeah. the yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. It, it makes sense. And in the synagogue, see, the men would gather on the floor and the women would gather in the balcony. I mean, but but again, women were allowed in, women were allowed to speak, but they just had to go through the process. All this stuff that women didn't have any, and they were it's not how it was. Fools are fools. You know, intelligent people are intelligent people. People listen to folks that got something to say and can say it right. You know, uh, Paul here is telling these women, now picture this, don't yell down. Don't be yelling down at the men. It's your husband down there, but wait till you get home. So this is another picture that is given often by scholars that are like, I mean, that's that's when Jews write about this, they always picture it in this format. When a lot of the um, other types of writers write on it, they give different uh, cultural views of it. Um, and so that's where it could be a room with a divider because that's a different cultural view. But in the Jewish synagogues, actually, that's how they were made up. So the ones that are learning to keep quiet, not the ones that are teaching. So it's the same thing he was dealing with about prophecy. If you give him the word, that's awesome. But if somebody that's a, a, a higher level, a more graced prophet comes in and he's got a word, then you need to show your little tail down and let him speak. And that's what he says. Now that's offensive. It's offensive to people today that are full of their egos and their self-wills and everything else. But you got to have enough sense to know if somebody with a greater, well, when will I get my turn? I'm like, Lord Jesus, you know, that's just, I mean, there's a reason. You There's still an order and a protocol to things. Um, 
under obedience as wives to husbands. It's also said the law, talkative wives, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, were embarrassing, you know, their husbands in this situation and all this. But see, again, that's Jewish writers writing with their aristocrat spirit, you know, you know, the elitism spirit, you know, but that's, that's their comments on this type of, of scripture. It's a, it's a good place. This is what the, you know, the Talmud, the writers, it's a good place to show proper husband wife relationship in public gatherings. Okay. That's true. That's true. But you know, it's like, like we always say, you've been fighting all the way to church and you come in and got that big smile on your face, you know? So again, that's more of that legalistic view of, you don't have to be authentic as long as you look good in church. So I'm like, eh, I understand your point, but again, let's, we're trying to get a generation that quits all that mess. And, you know, we find authenticity on the way to church and not fake places because that teaches us to be fake. Therefore, you know, obviously talkative wives or talkative husband that's trying to disrupt the services or usurp authority in public meetings was uh, was out of order in this. Now, you know, there's another thing I wanted to mention on here, and, and it's uh, by this guy named Jim Beal, B-E-A-L-L. He states in his book, The Female Species, on page 33 for you guys, I do that because I've had people say on a couple of these programs, you made that up. I'm sitting here. Okay, I'll give the specs if you want it. I'll tell you exactly what page to find it on. Man. You know, I'm not, I ain't scared. I mean, because I wouldn't be talking about this. I don't have a dog in the fight, so to speak, except truth. It's like injustice. It's like, okay, I can't just go along with half the stuff I hear because it's not true. And, um, and, and it, it does put women in a terrible spot, you know, but anyway. May I ask you a question? Uh, Isn't that what, isn't that in in all seriousness, isn't that what the apostle does? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Isn't that a part of edifying the body, building the body up in the truth? Because otherwise it's not his body. It's not having it so that we're coming into the fullness of who he is because he is named the truth. So this is what it is that you're doing. And, and um, it, it's, it's, it's just busting a whole lot of stuff wide open. So I appreciate it. I just want you to know that. Well, I appreciate it. I do. I do. And that is my hopes, you know? Uh, and, and so Custom dictated, Jim Bell says, in those days, customs dictated that men and women be separated in public services. This was true in the Jewish synagogues and Greek gatherings as well. Women were usually confined to a side of the room or screened off balcony. So now we see the Jewish synagogues did the up and down. The Greeks did the center split. So depending on whether you were Grecian or or from a Jewish background, depending on whether the women were up. And of course, the women said that I preached this one time. The women said, see, we still above the men. I'm like, y'all ain't right. Y'all ain't right. We walk in arm in arm. That's the deal. But but then again, maybe that's the place of the man to be a servant. So, hey, I'm just saying there's all kinds of thoughts to this. But 
Women were usually confined to a side room, screened off balcony, where they could scarcely hear what was being said. And this was this Jim Bell guy. Consequently, attention would soon lag, and they were on their way talking and chattering in some buildings. The men and women were separated by an aisle. And then he references all these documents where he read about disorders in meetings, which that's what I'm saying. If you really want to know the truth, it's just you don't get it with this microwave mentality. It's not a you it's old. You got to sit down and read old books and look through old stuff. And today you don't even have to go through them. You can search stuff on books online in libraries, which is amazing. But again, and, you know, I, I think about in China, you know, a missionary was telling me uh, of separation of a church meeting of men and women, like the disturbance of, of Paul had and, and that had to be handled. And he was telling me a story about how that, because, again, they have so many people come in and and they they come in with the custom of their God. And so that's what how they start approaching things. Then they get confused. Then they don't feel like they're really in a church or whatever because it's not like they're pagan god worshipped or whatever. And, and so there's training. I guess that's why they used to pull it in bulletins. If you see this, this is where it is. If you see people lifting your hands, if you see people praying in tongues, you see, remember those little stick men they had in bulletins years ago? And, and people don't do that anymore, but I really think it helped people. Because when new people come in, they they don't understand what's happening. That's that little sign saying men's bathroom over here. Oh, yeah, that's something. That's an issue again, too, I guess. We can't have signs that say that either. How stupid. Anyway, so, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to quit on that. It's just, it, you know, people need to talk about that stuff. Uh, you know, with injustice. Like, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to make everybody believe like me. You don't have to. But there's common sense. Like I say, if we do that, if we break it down in order statistics and needs, there's about on those statistics I gave on that last thing, there's so many other people that need more rights first, because they have far more numbers. Handicapped people. I mean, there's far more. There's far more of those that need more rights and stuff than Anyway, then what you think you feel in your head and how you want people to see you. I mean, I'm a raccoon. Well, that's, like that, that's like that CRT, which we want to talk. We will talk about later. All of these different things. And it's it, anyway, never mind. Go back to the woman thing. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, you, it's, I was the one that took it off. It's just such a right now. It's just such a thing in the public. And I just keep getting asked questions about it. And I'm thinking, good Lord, Jesus, people. Like, this is not a great mystery. But anyway, the argument, you know, that false religions, uh, you know, have been founded by women, that's a whole other thing. I, when I'm studying the subject, I see people, men, writing books that say religious denominational books predominantly, but they make the statement like, well, most false religions have been founded by women. Of course, that's not true. If you, yes, there's some, there's some of them that have you know, Christian science, and there's some other things of that nature that were, um, you know, however, the majority of them were founded by men with some crazy, stupid thought. So even that's dumb, but it's like a prominent, I, I can see if our kids were in school and they were faced with this and didn't have the knowledge, they're going to come out spouting that stance because they don't have the full counsel. That's why I say, here's what it says. 
you can choose what you want to choose out of this, but this is the standard. This is the plumb line. So let's all let's all say, let's look at that and see it. Now, however you want to spin that, that's your business, but we know you'll spin it. You know, however you whatever you're going to add to, take away, that's fine, but you spin it. This is still the core. That's what I say about male and female. You can't tell what a woman is. You can't tell what a man. I mean, spin however you want to spin, but there's still a core to this thing. And that stands whether, I mean, like I like I said on my last show, somebody dies. They, you can't make out the corpse. You go take a DNA. It's going to come out of male or female. Doesn't matter what you look like or have on, don't have on the outside. That's facts. That's science. That's hardcore. That ain't even Bible right there. I mean, that, the argument that, you know, so that's stupid. Women didn't do this. There's no failure on women cannot be applied to man, you know, that any woman is made, even from Eve all the way down. Because we were given redemption out. We were given, and he had a responsibility as well. You know, we know this, and both both are failures apart from the grace of God. <laughs> and lastly, I say, oh, it's down to the wire. And if they learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home. And this is why I say, of course, they would imply by husbands, uh, you know, and it means literally in one of the verses, it means covering. In the other verse, it means your your husband and the Lord. In the other verses that talk about covering and speaking of, you know, who is your mentor? And sometimes people have physical husbands, but they're not mentoring them in the Lord. So they have to go to other places. Now they have a responsibility to wash the women by the word. And that should be something that doesn't mean control them. It doesn't mean women can't do that themselves. But believing husbands, you know, it speaks all the time about the difference in believing husbands. So like it talks about if you have a husband who, you know, anyway, I got to keep going. Um, believing wives with unbelieving husbands would have to ask other believing men or women in order to find out what was meant. And I know I'm making it plain, but I feel like I need to right now. Some women will be sent, you know, there was at the time I was reading a lot of documents, there was so many people coming into the Lord that many of the people couldn't be processed. And if they couldn't be processed, meaning, you know, they didn't just have open borders. <laughs> they, they, if they couldn't come through and be vetted, um, I'm reading, and I'm just saying, what I'm not saying is this. There was some that actually couldn't come in. There was not enough places for them. There wasn't enough disciples for them. And they were growing faster than they had disciples to be able to take care of the people. And 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 that was another reason the church wavered back and forth on it's the pulpits, Oh, it's, it's the people's, it's the pulpits, it's, it's all of our responsibility. You know, and mature people should provide covering for the less fortunate, the immature, the weaker vessels. I know we're right down to the wire here, but, you know, I just say in conclusion, it's not honest to use 1 Corinthians 2 or 1 Corinthians chapter 14 to silence women uh, to silence all women's ministry in the church only by faulty interpretation. But in light of the biblical revelation of a woman's role under God and under headship and under authority, she is given full rights to take a dominion. Hallelujah. <laughs> you did. You didn't finish it, but you did. You did come close. And, uh, you know, uh, oh, my gosh, the, the time goes so fast. But I, I 
I was looking at this and the part that you spoke about, it was not even mentioned in the law of Moses. It was not even mentioned in those 600 and whatever it is laws that right. should be silent. And I think that people need to study. The Bible says this, study to show yourself approved unto God. It's not just talking about taking the Bible and studying the Bible, but there's all of these other different things that you need to study. I am a reader. I used to didn't be a reader, but I am a reader because at, of history because I love it. And this is one of the reasons why I'm glad I have my friend with me because he is also, and he knows so much stuff. And I'm just excited about next time when we're back here, still telling it like it is. And we don't know if what we're going to get into, but we will uh, get into it. And we're still talking about the woman issue. Bye-bye, everybody. We'll see you next time.